uncovering your truth and fire, one conversation at a time. This is the Spitfire Podcast. The Spitfire Podcast is brought to you by the Spitfire Coach, a subsidiary of Lauren Lemonian Coaching, LLC, based in Washington, D.C. If you're interested in getting the passion back in your profession or getting that creative energy flowing in your business, head on over to SpitfireCoach.com. What's going on, Spitfires? I can't believe we've done this many episodes. I'm just having a blast doing it, and I hope you are enjoying listening to it. If this is your first time exploring the Spitfire Podcast, make sure you head on over to Apple Podcasts or go on to SpitfirePodcast.com. Make sure you subscribe, keep on listening, give us some feedback, rate it, review it, love it, recommend it. It's all good. We love the love. I hope you enjoy this week's episode of the Spitfire Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. I feel like it's been ages since I've recorded a Spitfire podcast episode. Uh, I was sick for two plus weeks and had no voice, but I did so many shows in advance that you didn't even notice. So yay for productivity and proaction. If you haven't checked out a Spitfire podcast before, head on over to Apple Podcasts and download the whole season. I mean, I think we've got like 29, 30, who knows how many episodes, but there's a lot of content with creative entrepreneurs, passionate professionals on their journey to awesomeness what holds them back, and how we work through it. And I'm really excited about our guest today. Um, I I think he thought that I asked him on the show as a joke, but, you know, my jokes are usually (laughs) funny and real. So I got Junior Bryce with me today. Junior, thanks so much for joining me. Well, thanks for having me. Um, You're going to be such a charming host. I'm I'm looking forward to this session. (laughs) You're a comedian. (laughs) I'm going to hit the road soon and make no money doing it. It's going to be great. Um, Junior, when did we meet? Um, I think we met, uh, it was a couple of years ago at the 930 Club. It was one of Justin's shows, uh, Justin Trawick. And um, you're, I guess, uh, backstage, we were watching some of the bands play and we were chit-chatting and just kind of uh, introducing each other and talking. And I, I guess I didn't see you for a while after that until I started uh, playing some more shows with Justin and then I uh, started seeing you more. And then I started seeing you rap and, uh, you know, just kind of uh, got to know each other uh, better through that, that whole experience. So <laughs> it's been a lot of fun getting to know you these last couple of years uh, through, through Justin. Awesome. Yeah. And so you've had a ton of life change since, you know, I've known you for two years of, you know, starting a business and creating a new life for yourself. And I think Justin said getting your, your, your sexy body back. <laughs> Is that what he made the episode title? <laughs> That was a part of the introduction. We were just kind of just uh, just chit-chatting a little bit when he was describing what we were looking at. And I was drinking like this giant protein drink and I was describing what this thing was. And I was kind of joking about going to the gym and my quote, uh, super sexy revenge body. Um, <laughs> so that was just, I didn't mean that to be like the crux of it, you know, but it, you know, it got downloaded uh, hundreds of times. So I guess that's the thing now. So, uh, you know, you if, know sex if- sells. Sex sells. And apparently, you know, it's really funny because I had a guest um, who was a personal trainer um, on my show. And actually, like his story was really traumatic. Uh, the one with Johnny B from Relentless PT. And I decided um, very strategically to include the picture of him without a shirt on on the promo image. And it got tons of downloads. <laughs> so, yes, it does work. So, okay. so marketing wise. Um, skin cells, and even just saying sexy revenge bod cells. <laughs> yeah. Of all the things we talked about, that was just like a little blurb. And it's almost like you listened to the first 30 seconds and said, I'm going to use that. We, even though we talked mostly about like gigs and, and music royalty stuff, which is uh, where we have our overlap between our two careers and, uh, and how I came to know Justin. Uh, and that was uh, what we talked about in his podcast. So yeah. Yeah, the last last year has been uh, pretty pretty tumultuous for me. Um, you know, if I met you a couple of years ago, that was uh, you know in, in the beginning of a transition for me, uh, career changes and, and life changes. You know, um, going through a separation and divorce, and also leaving a job after 16 years. So 16 years at at one company and 12 years of marriage all basically came to an end in the same month wow. last year. And I've been trying to, uh, <laughs> yeah. That's a, it's, it's quite a, quite, quite a, a lot to happen all at once and been trying to rebuild and make something better since, you know, so uh, up until then, I felt like I had everything really straightened out. Like I knew what my trajectory was, my strategy was working. Well, overall, life was really good and, uh, and thought everything was moving in the right direction until all of a sudden everything wasn't. So in the meantime, um, I've been trying to build up a business that I had been working on on the side uh, for a number of years, uh, just doing uh, business consulting in a variety of areas 
and also expanding into helping recording artists, labels, and really specifically record producers uh, collect their royalties depending on you know where they're earning money. So uh, earning royalties for sound recordings, for instance, is, is a big area, and you, you see a lot in, in the media um, that uh, that shows possible changes where people can be entitled to royalties where they weren't before. Um, so. <clears throat> These are uh, areas where uh, I can provide assistance, just doing a lot of just, you know, legwork and, uh, and paperwork that, that these uh, artists and so on don't have the time to do. So that's kind of where I come in. So I'm, t I'm touching a lot of different areas. Um, and that's maybe something to address as part of the, the whole Spitfire uh, concept is when you're, when you're in multiple lines of different businesses is how do you, mm -hmm. how do you market yourself? Because you're in kind of a lot of different areas. Um, like you, for instance, you're, you, you have your, your blossoming rap career, but you're also a, <laughs> uh, a professional coach and, and you got a lot of things going on at the same time. Um, yeah. yeah. Myself, I'm also a, yeah, uh, playing saxophone and, and, and working with lots of bands. I had my own band and then doing general business consulting, nonprofit business consulting, and then mm -hmm. helping people with their royalties. So it's a lot of different things. And it's like, what is, what is this guy? What, what is this guy selling? And uh, dealing with the branding on that um, has been a bit of a challenge um, because I can do kind of a little of everything. And yeah. uh, jack of all trades is not a good selling point. you know. <laughs> Yeah, well, actually, I mean, the, the interesting thing is like before I did all this stuff, um, if you had known me three, four years ago, totally different person. Um, but I was working in nonprofits where I had to be the jack of all trades because there was no budget to hire people. So I was doing marketing, finance, website, um, committee management, uh, you know, strategic development and, and planning. So I had to do it, which is actually added to uh, what I do as a business coach, um, and probably the ability for you to be able to be a working musician and handling royalties for musicians gives you that much more credibility when you're doing it. Interesting. Now, when, when you do your, your coaching, you have, you have a specific background and a specific kind of education, which is a bit different from mine. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, we use, I guess, some similar vocabulary, but my focus tends to be more like on the, uh, the business administration and management. Uh, my master's degrees are in business administration and nonprofit management. Um, so it's a, it's a different set of skills, but I also want to hear you talk. There, there seems to be some similarity in where we're coming mm -hmm. from. Um, it's just sort of a different way of managing uh, different situations. So totally, it's, it's been interesting. It's, yeah, it's, uh, I definitely enjoy hearing you talk about these things. Um, because it's a, it's a different perspective on, you know, kind of some of the same stuff that I do. Um, I, you know, you, you think of yourself as like a, uh, like a, a coach and I kind of think of myself as a, you know, a business consultant, also like a royalty therapist. <laughs> like yeah. Well, like people, a, like a, people like, call me a business therapist. <laughs> yeah. I've been thinking yeah. along those lines too, because a lot of times the people that I help there, it's, a lot of times it's, it's not just doing the business of like completing spreadsheets that they don't want to do, but also mm -hmm. just um, being a shoulder to cry. On. You know, like Absolutely. I'm really frustrated about this thing and then just kind of talking them through it and saying, this is why it's going to be okay. Or this is what we're going to do about that. This is how I can help. And it's uh, you might call that the concierge level service of pro mm -hmm. I provide um, in, in contrast to other you know, mass produced services that rely on a lot of automation. And in fact, mm -hmm. I might direct some clients to some of those, you know, more large scale automated, uh, services where they, they can track your royalties that might be part of the service saying hey you know what the best way to do this is to go to you know a cd baby or something like that and and deal with your administration that way there's still stuff to be done you still have to deal with like you know what we call metadata it's all your sound recording information all of your credits you know having all of your paperwork completed having all of your ids together your notarized documents and just a whole slew of back office it's just a pain to have done so that's kind of where i come in as i help with that and just, you know, just be available for phone calls pretty much at all times. So, you know, when they get a royalty check or don't get a royalty check, they want to talk about that. And just mm -hmm. they could talk about that at length, just kind of sometimes just, you know, talking about the business in general. And if you go on and on talking about that, I'm like, if that's what you want to talk about, I'm happy to, to talk about that with you. So, yeah. So what I'm hearing is that you have this robust technical expertise. So you've got, you know, actual schooling in business administration, but then you have this real life application in the technical side of royalties. And then what ends up happening is you have this depth of emotional intelligence and connectivity to actually acknowledge and validate people through the process of like having and not having. So it's actually like your expertise is the doorway to allow people to come in and sit on your couch for them to have the real conversation that they need to have that nobody else knows. 
Yep, that's a fair way to put it. And a lot of the information I know is just it's it's available on the internet, and the, the people that I help in many ways can do the same work for themselves. It's not necessarily they're not smart enough or not capable of it. They just don't want to, um, whether they are capable of it or not. Uh, many of the people I work with are, are, are super smart people that are just too busy to mm-hmm. deal with a lot of the paperwork and the back and forth and the phone calls. And they have attorneys and accountants, but their attorneys are charging four or $500 an hour. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to you know, have your attorney charge you four or $500 an hour to fill out spreadsheets. You know, like one instance last summer, I spent like 20 hours filling out a spreadsheet for like non-featured credit. So I had a client that had played as a, what we call a non-featured artist on many different recordings, um, you know, maybe not as part of the band, but played the percussion or, or did some part of the recording where they would be due royalties uh, in, in certain uh, territories or like countries. In this case, it was Canada. And you don't want to have your attorney doing that or your accountant doing that. I mean, that's, you know, it's just too expensive. So I'll charge a fraction of that and get it done right the first time mm-hmm. um, because I know how to do this stuff. So it's just a matter of, um, you know, being available to do the same work that they can do, but do it at a cheaper rate. And then the, the, like the artists, for instance, are free to focus more on being in the studio and writing. You know, they yeah. don't want to deal with all like the phone calls. You know, I have, I have one uh, client that I've worked with who does a lot of touring, um, you know, decades worth of content and, and songs written and recordings. And every piece of the content is licensed in different ways, different kinds of permission to different, uh, you know, to different companies. And, <clears throat> they come back off tour and it's like, I, I've got, I haven't seen my kids. Mm-hmm. I've got a, you know, a household of animals to, to feed. I've got six cows. You know, I've, yeah. I've got all these things I need to do. And I don't want to spend days or, hour, or however long it takes. Sometimes it takes a long time just dealing with the back and forth and, and, and trying to understand, you know, what's going on with your money and why you're not getting what you think. And is it because someone's cheating you or is it because there's just a misunderstanding? Um, you know, a lot of times it's just a misunderstanding about the pipeline uh, and yeah. about what's happening in, in, in the whole process. So that's where the, the, the so-called therapy or the royalty therapy comes in is just sort of helping to understand the processes so they don't have to. Um, and when they have like a, an issue, they'll, they'll take it to me and they might go directly to different organizations that have their money. But sometimes mm-hmm. it's just easier to have me just sort of coalesce all of those issues to help them understand it and then help them manage them you know, to whatever actions need to be taken. And what I do is I'll do whatever I can for them, but there are certain things like, you know what, but you have to go take this document to get notarized. So I can say, I've completed everything. Here it is. The document is pristine, but now it's on you to go down to your bank or whatever to get the document notarized. And somebody still has to do that. Like you still have to take that hour or set up an appointment. It's still kind of a pain. Um, But I'll I'll take it right up as far as I can just to try to make it easier on everyone involved. Yeah. Um, that's a big part of it. Just shortening the way. Yeah. Well, I mean, the main thing I'm hearing here is is trust. I mean, when you have an entire staff that, you know, as a musician, you've got attorneys, you've got managers, you've got other people. And as great of people as they could be, there's always a hidden agenda. Like when people are relying on you to put money on their table, they could somehow have a mixed agenda sometimes. And so they could be inflating their hours and things like that. And I think there's just kind of this distrust that can happen. So for you to be completely unbiased of like, I'm here to provide a service and I'm going to provide it for you for an agreed upon price. And I'm not going to cook your books um, in a way that's advantageous for you. I think that that's probably been a really strong advantage for you in your business so that people can just say, you know what, I just need you to do this for me. Um, And it's black and white of what's going to happen. There's no questions asked as far as understanding because you're giving them that information and they know what their role is. Whereas if they're handing it off to their manager or their attorney, they may not be getting that same level of transparency. Right. There's that. And also like I might charge a retainer fee, like a small monthly fee where I might go over under hours, um, but I'm not going to charge extra unless I go substantially over. And you can just sort of know that something is being handled for a pretty basic fee. Mm -hmm. Um, And, um, you know, it's it's kind of a use it or lose it situation. But there are other uh, contracts that I work on where it's hourly and I have to keep track of hours and you really have to be very scrupulous about that. Uh, just being able to make sure you can justify the use of your time because if somebody comes back and says, did it really take you 20 hours to do a spreadsheet? <laughs> you know, well, well, here it is. And uh, in that case, maybe I didn't charge any extra to that. I just, I just went ahead and did it, you know? So mm-hmm. it kind of depends on the circumstance. But I have some, some, some people that I work with sometimes that can't necessarily afford a- any money because they're not making much themselves. They just want to know more about it. I'm like, please don't let my fee be the reason you don't get help. It's like, help, talk to me, just ask me questions. And when we get into like, okay, I'm taking a lot of time to do this, or I have to, I have to research more. Or I have to 
start putting pen to paper and making phone calls, then we might start getting into, okay, now I'm doing work for you. But if it's just like you need a push in the right direction or just that a temporary shoulder to cry on just to say, hey, mm-hmm. can you help me out? What can you recommend? And I, I get that input all the time. And, uh, you know, maybe over time I can be, be more useful and valuable to them. But in the shorter term, it's just like, just hit me up, you know, let's, let's go ahead and have a conversation. Again, don't let the fee be the reason you don't get the help that you need. That's kind of my ongoing mantra. Yeah. Um, so just, what do you, course, what do you, of course th- that means I'm offering. Hmm? All right, all right. What do you think that, that message sends? <laughs> well, the message is that I, I believe in what you're doing and I'm not just here for the money um, that I, I'm actually, I want to see you succeed. And I try to demonstrate that, like I'll go to their shows and I'm hanging out with you, you know, we're talking about stuff. And that's the, one of the nice parts about playing saxophone too, is it's easy for me to slip in and slip out with a lot of bands. So I can kind of jam with you for a bit and become a little, you know, part of your culture and it becomes part of our relationship. So the hope is that, you know, that we're, we're actually building a relationship and not just making a point of like, here's something I'm selling to you, take it or leave it. It's like, but you know what, I'm going to come to your show and we're going to jam, we'll hang out. And uh, if you have questions, you know, at, when you do that next live release next time, you know, go ahead and, and ask me about it. Because a lot of times there, it's the big part that's, that's confusing is that uh, a lot of times artists or, or stakeholders believe it's already being handled. Like here's my, mm-hmm. my labels handling this or something. It's like, I'm not sure they're handling that or they're probably not handling this other thing or this is something you need to do yourself or, or, or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and even, uh, you know, that, that's one area. So it's just a matter of, you know, what, what kind of help do you need? And I'm going to build a relationship with you and demonstrate my belief in, in what you're doing. Um, I haven't really done a whole lot of selling to people. I haven't like gone to their shows and like made a point of engaging with their music and caring about what they're doing musically. You know, mm-hmm. that's also an important part of it is just sort of digging that part. Um, you know, maybe when I have like a, a, a giant firm or whatever, I might not be able to be that close. Um, but in the meantime, this is it's something I enjoy doing. I'm already mm-hmm. sort of on the scene anyway, because I'm playing and, and mingling and, you know, yeah. and, and hanging out with people. So it's a sort of a part of a whole uh, networking experience. Yeah, it sounds um, much so more that's, organic. Uh, that's and, all, it's all tied together. And natural that way. I mean, what, when I hear what you're saying, I'm immediately thinking like, there's got to be like a checklist or questions to ask as a musician about your royalties. Like, what are the top five to 10 questions that you <laughs> should be asking? Yeah, actually, I, I created something that a lot of the things we talk about, like in, in the coaching front, a lot of the things that you recommend are things that I had actually done and got to the point, like, I'm not quite ready to publish this or I'm not, and, and uh, it's, it's something I actually should be putting on my website. One of the things I'm working on the next couple of weeks um, for uh, my royalty work, uh, myroyaltyguide.com is adding content, uh, including mm-hmm. uh, questions that you should be asking. Um, and then, uh, you know, like actually part of Justin's podcast, um, it's, it's going to be edited down to the part that specifically refers to the royalty stuff will be available as audio on my website, omitting like the super sexy, part, you know, <laughs> the super sexy revenge body parts. That's We're going to leave that part. out. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, well, you know, focusing on that and then some other things I've been meaning to put on there. So combination of like what's the right content um for me it's a little a little bit of shyness but also just a combination of being successful in other areas at the same time mm-hmm. i've been working with other or other clients related to royalties but more on the software side and uh and other clients that aren't even music related at all um mm-hmm. uh, i mentioned um in a previous podcast that one of my current clients is a trucking company in the baltimore area mm-hmm. um which which you'd think is totally outside of the music business, but so so it's outside of the music business, but there's the business part that's the same. Um, You know, to a certain extent, business is business. And, you know, we're talking about, you know, revenue versus cost, you know, that's a, that's a basic principle that all businesses must address. And, uh, you know, I, I deal with it myself and I help others. And so that's uh, one of the things that also makes branding difficult. It's like, what exactly am I selling? I can, I can do business plans for a trucking company. I can do, you know, I can do spreadsheets for somebody's royalty claim submissions. Mm-hmm. And um, I can, I can, you know, document and test software, you know, so mm-hmm. there's different things that, uh, and I'm not like a super technical person. I have some technical skills, but when I, when I think about people that are technical, I know technical people and I'm like, yeah, I'm not technical. <laughs> I, know, I know my way around some situations and I can have conversations with people that are technical and, and project managers and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not the guy who's going to be doing the coding. Um, I might help you find someone to do the coding, but as, as far as like the coding, I'm more uh, part of like the, the, the communication front and, uh, and possibly testing it and documenting requirements and things like that, the, the writing part, because I'm never hurting for copy. I can always write more. So mm-hmm. um, that's kind of one of my strong suits. So, yeah, you know, it's interesting. I had this I actually had a text back and forth with one of my clients. Um, so she's starting a side business. She's an artist. 
Um, and so she always has tons of ideas of like, well, I could do this and I could do this. And so you think of art of like, well, yeah, you're just creating art, but there's so many different subsets of like what you can do with it. So she had this idea yeah. of, you know, getting into doing wedding stationery and invitations. And so I just asked her, what does your gut say? And she said, well, my gut says that, you know, this would be a great way for me to make income and would allow me to leave my job. And then I said, so what does your heart say? And she's like, that I wouldn't love it. And I said, so how could you love it? Like, what would be the ideal situation where this could work? And she's like, well, I would want to do elopements and I would want to work with really cool, like awesome clients. And I said, so why don't you think of your ideal client and create a product for them, like create a sample invitation for them? And she's like, oh, I like that. So Mm -hmm. Other people will, f will follow through, but if you think about what are the things that you really love to do, it doesn't limit you from doing other types of work, but what it does is it stakes your claim as the expert about this, and it has enough applicability in other industries where people interpret it and can, can bring it in of like, oh, he can help me in this. Right. So when you That's think about what, what's at your core? Yeah, so so thinking about that niche, that's one of the, the challenges I have on the royalty business side is that when uh, we uh, I was working at Sound Exchange, that was a very specific type of royalty stream. And then when I left, I started getting calls from people that needed help. So before I even knew exactly what it was I was selling, people were already asking me to do certain things. So I just said, I'm just going to focus on these things. And I, I, I kind of figured that it would snowball from there. It sort of did, but it's, but it's also, it requires a lot of, um, you know, you have to sell it. You have to target it. Mm -hmm. um, it's not like people are lining up at my door, um, even though it almost seemed like that. It was almost, almost too good to be true, but I did uh, get some clients signed pretty quickly uh, in the, the first couple of months after leaving Sound Exchange, and things were going really well. Uh, but being able to expand beyond that to say, okay, I have these clients and these additional clients, and I can count on this enough where I don't have to go back and start applying for regular, mm -hmm. hate to say it, but like wage slave jobs where it's just, you sort of clock in and you're just super yeah. present. You know, you're doing work sometimes and sometimes not. Mm -hmm. You're going to do a three hour round trip doing that. I'm like, I don't know if I want to get back into that, if I can avoid it. I might have to. Um, but getting back to tailoring your product, it's like, I wasn't even sure exactly what my product was right offhand. Uh, mm -hmm. But it seemed like the people that needed most help were record producers that have been around for a couple decades that have just a large body of work. Mm -hmm. um, you know, global content recorded by big recording artists. And it's just, there's just so much stuff that even if they had it perfectly sorted out five years ago, things will just, things require maintenance, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So still figuring out, you know, what that branding is. And at the same time, I can sort of do anything for anybody, which again is sort of like a terrible branding mechanism right there because it's too broad. Um, but at the same time, I have been able to pick up some work and some other clients where I'm doing a lot of sort of different things in the uh, broadly in the royalty space. Um, one mm -hmm. of my clients on the West Coast is actually a company that, that has many artist clients. When I say artists, I'm talking about uh, people that uh, both perform and write music. <laughs> And one of my most recent tasks was to audit the uh, royalty statements. So we have a, a client that has royalty statements from different sources, from different publishers, from different performance rights organizations. And then there are agreements that govern how that money should flow. So there'll be a question of, okay, well, based on the money flow, is it, is it corresponding to the agreement? So I would have to analyze using Excel, uh, Microsoft Excel, taking the statements that are provided and just connect the dots from one one step to the next from the most recently royalty statements from different societies, sometimes from the same, for the same content. So you've got different parts of the same content and uses getting paid from different sources. So you have to sort of track and piece that together and then trace it all the way back to that agreement 15 years ago. What does it say? And then, you know, making sure mm. that, um, you know, it looks like nothing's falling out. And sometimes it's just a matter of just saying, I don't know if anything's wrong. I just know this is what it is. You tell me if this appears to be wrong. Like, I don't know if this song is supposed to be registered with this society or not, or mm. if this society is supposed to be collecting this money. I just know that they reported that they did and they paid you for it. Mm. Um, whether or not that's correct, maybe, maybe they didn't have any business collecting that song, but sometimes things get reported to them anyway. Um, you know, so in that case, it's just a matter of describing uh, sometimes with with the statistics, literally just descriptive statistics, this is the percentage of such and such that came from this society. This is the percentage of content. Um, this is where the gaps are. I can't say if it's right or wrong, but I can tell you that you know this is this is what it is. And then if the the ultimately the customer says, oh yeah, this is not supposed to be that way. It's supposed to be registered with a different society. That gives us something to correct or something to do. <clears throat> and another other piece are just like. This is the money that was collected. This is the money that was deducted. Was this the the correct amount that should have been deducted for I don't know administrative cost or for mm -hmm. 
global tax you know, international tax rates because it crossed a border from Canada or something like that. So just looking into that and just seeing if if it if it if it sort of matches up. Um, so that's one 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 big task, and that's really different from what I do from other clients, which is I'm going to complete documentation for you, complete some spreadsheets, and chase down signatures of the band to make sure that you get paid sometime in the next three to six months. You know, okay. so um, that's that's a whole other set of activities. Um, you know, and then uh, uh, other other clients um, that are sort of in the more broad business area. Um, working uh, indirectly for a, a Canadian performance rights organization, uh, just uh, checking out their software. Um, and so it's sort of music related and it's, it's music business, but what I'm doing is like looking at software and I could be looking up song titles or I could be looking up, you know, uh, you know, anything that's related to music. But if it were similar software for the insurance industry, I might be looking up instead of, I don't know, band names, I might be looking up customer names and saying, how long does it take for the system to pull back this information? Mm-hmm. You know, so, so that's another area that I'm working on. Very, very different, you know, and then going back well, to like the, the trucking the app- company example. Yeah, go ahead. The application mm-hmm. sounds different, but the, what you're doing is similar. Like I'm, when you're talking about this, I'm immediately thinking forensics. Like you're doing that's like back-end forensics. Yeah. There is a certain amount of that. And uh, there, there is a whole discipline called forensic accounting or where mm-hmm. that might be part of what I'm doing. That's not necessarily my background, but I've, I've, I'm aware of it. And I know that what I'm doing is kind of in that, in that realm. Um, not an accountant myself, you know, but, um, you know, while I had some coursework in accounting, I don't sell myself as an accountant or a forensic accountant, but somebody says, Hey, can you tell me, what can you do with this? I'm like, I can figure this out. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is a forensic component to it. Um, so that's, that's one area. Um, when it comes to the other stuff, it's just administration, just like doing the yeah. paperwork, you know? So it's like, so it's just a combination of factors of just whatever, whatever you need on your business end that you don't have time to do. I can probably do that for you because I'm pretty handy with a, with, with, a with office applications, you know, spreadsheets mm-hmm. and, and, and access and so forth. <clears throat> and that's working out pretty well for me. It's just a matter of also just keeping it rolling. Like you talked about your friend, like she wants to quit her job, you know? So while I'm, you know, having some success as a full-time consultant, it can all, it might be a matter of just a matter of months before all of a sudden it's like everything dried up and I couldn't, I, I lost some clients. They changed what they wanted to do and I couldn't replace them or couldn't get enough. Um, and all of a sudden I'm like, you know, applying for temp jobs and trying to figure out what I'm going to do next. So let's be um, real, junior. That that's not happening. That's not going to happen. Well, you know, I, I don't plan on that happening, but I also have to be aware that there's a risk to it. And, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're a dad and paying child support, it's, it's a whole different ball of wax than, you know, say 20 years ago. And it was just me. It would be this, I'd, I'd probably be a little more relaxed about it 20 years mm-hmm. ago, but now that I know that like, okay, there, are, I literally have mouths to feed Yeah. that I I'm going to have to come up with the money for. And, you know, if, if it comes down to, do I pay my rent or do I pay my child support? You know, there's going to be that challenge. Um, mm-hmm. now, things, things are looking good for now, but like, but as you're, as you're aware of, you know, if all of a sudden every, like all your clients quit and gigs dried up, you know, cause I had, had some, had a, some gigs dry up earlier this year, like some things, booking agent changes and it wasn't quite getting as many gigs and that slowed down a little bit. Um, fortunately the contracting thing, which is what I really wanted picked up a bit mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, hoping to hear some good news about some other contracts. So a lot of good things happening, but you know, it's, it's been a lot of talking too. So I, I, you know, I can't take all the talking and good conversation to the bank and that's really what it's right. coming down to. So hey, things are looking good for now, but I'm always aware of, of the precariousness of it. And I know some super successful consultants that have been doing this for as long as I've known them. And I know that they're only just a few months after like, you know, if, if the contract dries up or something doesn't materialize, they're going to be applying for jobs. And uh, which, you know, isn't necessarily a good thing because then it's like all of a sudden now your company isn't getting work and it's like, now you're going back to, you know, again, quote, wage slavery or whatever. So I'm, you know, it's not just me. It's even like the really, really successful ones that no, have those concerns. Um, yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, but I appreciate the vote of confidence. Though. I'm, I, I'm a believer. I'm, I'm doing it. You know, so well, the, it the, the thing um, that you're, that you're doing that, that I don't see with some, with people who get into their own business is you have enough diversification. And I think that actually like where you're like, I don't know how to hone it in. I don't think you need to. I think, that by you having like three different compartments of what you're doing, so whether it's working for royalties, working in business consulting, and then the music aspect allows you to have that ebb and flow of demand and to be able to balance it. And if you can look at that as an asset and a strength rather than like, oh shit, I don't have this together, what do I do? It actually starts to play to your hand better. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's, it's something that's on my mind. I know that I had some issues like trying to figure out like, what do I put on my website? What business card do I hand them? I have kind of like this running joke where, 
you know, I, there's certain business where I hand out like Junior Bryce, the business card, and there's other like, oh, I'm going to hand out the business card with my real name on it, you know, because it's like, like what, what I, had, I tried to group everything into one business card. So it was like one business card and it was like, Jeff quote, Junior Bryce had my information it had my band website. It had my business website. It had, you know, uh, it had a picture of me with a saxophone. It's just, it was just kind of like a mishmash of like, yeah. you know, and I, I, I do saxophone music and business, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh yeah. And then if I hand out that business card and people are like, oh yeah, he was the sax player. I don't need a sax player. So it's mm-hmm. like, it's kind of a combination of like, wh- so how do I sell that specific brand? So I've got three different business cards. I've got mm-hmm. three different websites um, and three different um, email addresses that I write from. And I try to be upfront about it. I have one phone number that people call and it's like, hey, you've reached Jeff quote or Jeff Bryce, also known as Junior Bryce, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, you know, just so you know, people can always reach me. But so it's, it's been a little bit of a challenge. I don't mean to make too much of a big deal about it, but it's something I think about when like, when I'm, you know, as where I'm trying to sell it, you know, mm-hmm. like what, what exactly am I selling and what was the, the, the channel by which I'm engaging the customer. So if I meet someone at a concert venue and I'm playing saxophone, you know, what, what am, am I selling the, the saxophone at that point? Or am I selling, Oh, well, am I selling the royalty work to the band? And then I'm mm-hmm. selling the business work to the guy that just wanted to talk to me at the bar. And I said, Oh yeah, I'm also doing this other thing too. Hey, I'd love to get your business card. You know, so yeah. it's kind of a combination because I could be selling it to three different products to three different people sure. or the same person all at the same time. Well, it's you know, funny. Like it's, if, mm-hmm. if you had a whole questionnaire in your mind of like, okay, if someone answers this way, then I go to this card. If someone answers this way, then I go to this card. And someone goes this way, I go to this card. I think it's not so much about you proactively selling, but for you to just go in really curious of like, how can I help them with one of my three superpowers? Like, which one do they yeah, get to I, tap I, I, into? Yeah, I do try to approach it that way. Um, you know, so it's just uh, sometimes it's thinking of, uh, you know, what, what have they seen so far? What, what do they know about me so far? And then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where am I going to? How do I... Uh, how do, how do I assist you in whatever this endeavor is without always trying to sound like I'm constantly selling? Like, I don't want to be this guy that's always got a product. You know, mm-hmm. I, they're, they're, I know we all have friends that are just, it's nonstop sales. It's like <laughs> constantly getting sold stuff. It's like, at what point am I talking to a real person? At what point am yeah. I talking to my friend and not, and not just a, a, a well-automated kiosk? Yeah. You know, um, you know, this it's like I'm talking to the artificial intelligence now and not the actual person. So I try not to be that either. You know, I try yeah. to be, you know, it's like a real person. So, so it's, it seems to be serving me, me pretty well so far. Mm-hmm. I, I think you're absolutely right. Like that whole set of like questions or like, what, what is the, the profile that you're engaging and, and how, how most mm-hmm. to be helpful, you know, or, or we're not talking about any of that. We're just, we're just going to, you know, we're just going to hang out there. the bar and talk about, talk about songs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, so, it's, it's know. interesting. Cause like, um, I think there's also a timing aspect that comes from this. Like, so I'm about to hit two years as being a full-time coach. And I would scramble of like, wait, what do I need to talk to them about? Like what, what aspect? Cause I do, I do speaking, I do training, I do coaching, I do podcasts and I'm writing a book. And like, I felt like I had to like ramble off my resume of like, here's why I'm so awesome. And by the way, I rap. Um, and then I finally just was <laughs> like, you know what? I can bring all this to the table and I don't want to work with everybody. Like I don't want you know, to have to do this. So people were just like, once I finally honed in on just being the Spitfire coach, I actually just signed on a startup who I just met with, who found me online and signed on for a three month contract after never meeting me before. Cause he was like, I, I read your website. I saw your brand. I know exactly what you're selling and I want a piece of that. Let, let's go. Um, and that's when you know that like you can have three different tangents of business and they can interweave and overlap or they can be completely independent. But there's probably a different avatar for each of those lines of business for you. Yeah. And actually what I really like about how you got it done is that all those different things all tied to the same brand, like the, the, the podcast and, and the training that you do and the coaching, it's all part of like the whole, you know, business coaching, professional coach concept. And it all feeds into demonstrating your expertise in that area. So mm-hmm. all that really reinforces your brand. Um, so like when I think about, um, you know, business concerns, a lot of the business concerns that I can appreciate are the ones that relate to like the music business. So it's like, okay, how did, how is running a band? How is my experience like hiring people and running a band and, and keeping the business together? How is that similar to your trucking business or how mm-hmm. is that similar to your restaurant business? So, um, and then creating content around that. That's something I still need to get, to get into is, is creating more content and relating those concepts. But yeah. I, I really like how you do that, how you have all your different, um, different ways of, of engaging your, your target customer through your books and your podcast and your website and all these different things. But it's all, you know, 
Lauren expert coach, you know, and then, uh, and then to me, like the, 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 the wrapping thing you do is sort of like this extra thing on the side. So it's like, I mean, I, I know that it's, it's all part of your brand, but I think of that as sort of being somewhat separate, you know, cause it's like, yeah, cause I don't make money. Of, you're part, like, <laughs> yeah, there's that, but you're also not going to like, are you going to teach people how to rap? Are you going to like, as part of my life, like here's my life coach rap, you know, or something well, like no, that. But hey, here's the go. funny thing is like people, <laughs> the client I just worked with contact me because he's doing, he's doing a pitch for his startup and he wants, he wanted to get better. And he saw that I rapped. And he was like, I want to be confident on stage in front of people. And so that's what, it's all part of it. Like they call rapping spitting the fire. So yeah, like okay. unbeknownst to me, I was still on brand. <laughs> <laughs> so people come on the show and, and think I, that they have to rap. Yeah. It's really funny. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. And it's a great point. The whole idea of like, a, like when you put it from that perspective, like, okay, this is just an example of, of, of how I overcome the anxiety of performing or presenting in front of a, yeah. in front of a group. Well, I learned how to do these things and there's a certain amount of preparation that goes involved, involved in that. And <clears throat> I definitely hear what you're saying because um, I, I've gotten a bit better at speaking in, in front of, in front of groups just by fronting my own band for the last, you know, five years, mm -hmm. having to talk to audiences and kind of interact with them and, and kind of be cool with everybody at the same time, because, you know, a, a meeting at the office is not, it's not the same as like a, a room full of drunk people. But in some ways, that the latter is worse because you know, yeah. you're not going to get heckled a whole lot, you know. But you're not going to get heckled at your meeting, at least not to your face for the most part, where you know you might get heckled or you know, or whatever the case is, or people you know get up and leave, you know. So yeah, uh, so just getting used to uh, you know interacting with with people and kind of being quick on your feet and being comfortable talking on a microphone and getting used to hearing your voice, your own voice, because let's face it, we all hate our own voices. So just being able to deal with that. Um, so there definitely is um, something to be. Uh, said and shared for, from those of us that perform with those that are learning how to present in a business context. It's like, mm -hmm. this is how we perform. You yeah. know, it's a performance. This is how I prepare. And uh, so I, I totally get what you're saying. I've had some of that experience myself. Yeah. Um, and going, and going along so, with that there, mm -hmm. it's so funny how we take like all of these years of experience and these really critical things that have happened to us. And we like, don't give it credit and we take it for granted but other people from the outside looking in are like, oh my God, like I could never do that. That's amazing. Like if we really take stock on our experience and like all of the robust experiences that intertwine and create like a bigger value for people, then we stop undercutting and undervaluing our services as business people. Right, I think that's a great point. I mean, we can look at someone who's successful and think, man, I could never do that. But in most cases, this was success that was built over a long period of time incrementally with a lot of setbacks. You know, as they say, Rome was not created in a day, right? Or Rome was not built in a day. Mm -hmm. You know, um, sometimes I think about that, you know, like, you know, how did I get to learn this one thing? Well, it's like I spent a lot of time practicing scales, you know, and I ended up and I had some public embarrassments and didn't do some things well and some things I would rather not talk about, you know, but, um, but over time, those things have accumulated so that I can, I can get through a gig, you know, I can get through, I can get through a whole night of music or, and I can get through a whole night of different music, you know, that I hadn't played before. So there's that and, and just being able to do things like, hey, how did I, how did I whip up that spreadsheet? Well, it's like I spent a lot of time making errors and formulas you know like mm -hmm. I screwed up a lot of things but you know what I got good at it over time so there's an accumulation of practice and everybody has some accumulation of practice that it's of value I think so it's just a matter of like instead of thinking I can't do that like how would I do something that's mine mm -hmm. and and honing in on those uh those personal experiences and skills and then trying to enhance those things yeah um kind of goes back to the, the whole idea of like, what, what do you focus on as part of your self-improvement? Do you focus on fixing shortcomings or do you emphasize your strengths? And there seems to be a whole body of work around both schools of thought, but I've kind of focused uh, more on like enhancing my, my strengths rather than uh, correcting deficiencies while still, you know, making sure that whatever my deficiencies are, they're not going to like stop me, like block me completely. Like, you know, let's say, let's say I'm nervous in front of, you know, talking to people. What if that's a major barrier? You know, that might be something I have to fix mm -hmm. or, put myself in a situation where I never have to do that. Yeah. You know, so there's, there's that business angle. So I, um, I go with a different, I go with a totally different strategy where I just lead with my weakness where I'm just like, here it is. Like I'm a big mouth and I, you know, jumble my words sometimes and you know, whatever it is, like I just put it out there. And I think that that's why having this podcast and blogging and writing my story, like I have stopped hiding and trying to avoid my shortcomings and I just embrace it as part of who I am. And I think that that's what makes me um, approachable to people 
Um, I don't come across as like, I'm this perfect person who has it all together. In fact, I'm like, dude, I totally misread an email and now I'm sleep deprived and waiting in a conference room by myself and I make a video about it. Um, so it's like <laughs> understanding that process of being human and being like, you know what, we're all going to fuck up probably about seven times in a week. Um, so let's just get over it and stop pointing the finger and saying we're not good enough and go and be awesome and, and make other people happy while we're making ourselves happy. That's a fair point because I know there are, there are people, you know, especially people like me, like there's, I have a tendency of beating myself up. So I have to, I have to like make sure that I don't beat myself up when I screw something up or, or make sure that I'm, I'm going to be okay or accept that I made an error and then fix it and then not be like angry at myself uh, on an ongoing basis for that one thing. You know, it's, it's, it's easy to get in that habit. And uh, I think a lot of people have that. Yeah, I think if, that, that self anger. If you're talking about like wanting to work with other people, like it starts with how do you treat yourself? Like if you're not kind to yourself, if you're not compassionate to yourself, then it feels very off base if you're doing it for other people and then you're treating yourself like shit. Like people are kind of like, wait, what gives? And how real is this? <laughs> you know? But it happens all the time. That's what we it, yeah. do best for other people, we suck at doing for ourselves. Oh, that's so true, man. That's, that's been kind of one of my recurring themes of doing business. Like I'm, I'm so much better at helping other people with their business and promoting their business than my own. Like, you know, talking about self-promotion, like I, I tend not to be super comfortable with self-promotion because there's a whole like, look at me kind of thing, which I've never been really that good at. But if I was like, Hey, look at this person, like my a client or a friend, I'm like, I, I love what this, like, I'm ready to like promote the hell out of that. But when it comes to mm -hmm. doing that for myself, like, man, that's, that's embarrassing, but I'd love to do it for other people. And it makes perfect sense. And I feel very comfortable doing it where I can think about what I need to do for myself, but then I have to overcome like this sense of like, a, uh, I don't know, like a pit in my stomach. I'm like, Oh, do I, am I really going to, you know, put that content? Is this really going to be a video of me mm -hmm. talking about, you know, and uh, just things like that. So I'm still, I'm yeah. still kind of working past that myself and I'm still building towards that success. Do you know as who's saying, really, Joe's you know really good at that stuff? Who's that? Justin. <laughs> he is the king of self-promotion because he doesn't make it about him. He you is, know, I, 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 I thought you were going to say Justin, but then we're going to make this podcast about Justin. So. It's all about Justin. No, he's <laughs> actually been really instrumental in helping me get over myself um, because he's been out of it for so yourself? long. To get over myself, like you get, take yourself out of it. Like you're going to have failures, you're going to have rejection, but how many wins are you going to have? Like he was the inspiration of the awesome shitless journal that I created. Like you've got yeah. to track your track your wins. You've got to just like one deal is not going to make or break you, and one loss is not going to make or break you. So why are you putting that much weight into each each action and decision? Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a great point. I always and Justin is really really great at promotions. I got to tell you, like, and I, I take his advice when he when he kind of leans in on me and says, "Hey, why don't you do this?" I'm like, "I'll do that." Um, so I, <laughs> I try to take he's his very direct when he does that. Really good at it. <laughs> yeah, and he's he's good at it. Too. And I, I'm just not super. I'm not as comfortable doing that myself to uh, you know to other people because I feel like a nag yeah. to a certain point. Or like I'm again, there's always like I'm nagging. I'm always selling, and there's that person who's always selling and has nothing else to talk about. You know, so it's. Um, but you know, we're in business and that's what we got to do. So, so it's, uh, rather than selling, it's an, it's an ongoing challenge. I'm going to give you a shift in perspective on this rather than selling you're educating. Okay. So you are providing solutions for people and you're educating them on if they want to do this, this is how they do it and how they work with you. You're not forcing yeah, anyone's I, decision. You're not stealing their money, but this is what like people are coming to you for information. You are a trusted source. Then they know how to find you. But think about all the people who are losing money because they're not working with you right now. Yeah, you know, and, that's, and I, I do like to think it as more like informational, educational, um, and I, I approach it personally that way. I think it's when it comes to like creating content and saying and putting stuff out there. The way, you know, uh, like hey, for for only you know two hundred fifty dollars, you can have this, or you know, like have here's a menu of things that I can do for you. And this is what it costs, you know, um, which is something we had talked about a year ago. Like put some options out there. And like, what are you going to do? And then actually put some price to it. Like, um, mm. you know, just doing things like that. Just so uh, sometimes about, that process alone. How about this? Rather than putting it out in the public, when people are interested, you send it to them. Like maybe it's just, we, I have these services available. And if you're interested in pricing, I'd be happy to send it off to you. You know, that might be a next step. I was actually just doing some minor updates to my website today, just uh, cleaning up some of the, the design. And I was thinking about that. So my, that might be the next thing um, that, that, I, that I focus on. Um, but that's another, you know, it comes down to what I'm, I'm saying, selling quote, like, you know, uh, we would call education or not, but like, I have to like, 
you know, going to like booking the band or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like I have to have content to say, Hey, here's a venue. And this is why I, this is why it's worth having me, uh, you know, play in your venue or, um, mm -hmm. this is why it's worth having me chase down your royalties. Do you really want to spend all that time doing spreadsheets? You know, um, mm -hmm. so that's, uh, you know, something I, I need to, uh, uh, to focus on and, we, and going back to the whole focus concept. It's like, what, what, who do I need to talk to this week? And I really have to change gears sometimes. Like, okay, this mm -hmm. is where I'm selling my band, you know, quote again, educating my band or educating a venue about my band, but also like, you know, educating producers and how do I find them? And, and it's about the services that I, or, you know, that I can provide to them or, mm -hmm. or how I can help them. And then, Hey, uh, here's a business plan that will help you get funding from a bank or something like that. So I, they're all very different areas. And sure. I find that, when I switch from bed, it's like, I really have to change gears. And some of them are very, very different mindsets. Totally. Um, you know, I'll, I'll be, yeah. So, you know, just, just going from like playing music to doing financial planning, like mm -hmm. it, it's like such a major gear shift in my head. It's like, wait, what was I doing? <laughs> so I probably wouldn't recommend doing it back to back. Energy. Yeah. So you probably need to do it on different days or even have like two days dedicated to it. But what I would suggest is having a physical avatar of each of those ideal clients in each of your businesses so that when you're working on it, mm -hmm. you're honed into that customer and you're having a conversation with them with everything you're doing. Yeah. And I think admittedly, I'm a little bit better on certain areas than others. Like I think I'm a, a bit better about focusing on like what type of venues would be a good fit for my band. But mm -hmm. as far as like when it comes to the royalty stuff, I've had so many different people come to me that it's hard for me to isolate so far. Like, I mean, the, the ideal avatar except for the ideal avatar being ones that probably can't pay me. You know? So that, and that's, that's okay too, mm -hmm. you know, um, uh, cause that's, uh, I mean, it's, we don't necessarily want to give ourselves away free of charge, but there are people that need that kind of help and can't afford it. And so, it's like, what, what is it really going to cost you to have a conversation? You know? So maybe what you do is you create educational programs where it's like a webinar or a conference call where people can ask their questions so that you're managing your time and not leaking out that boundary of your most valuable resource, which is your time. Yeah, that's that's another great point. Um, I have experimented a little with uh, with recording some content, just haven't quite crossed that bridge where I'm like, I'm ready to release this into the world. And I, just watching, you know, Justin do his podcast, it's, it's such, it seems like such a simple and straightforward thing. And what I would advise myself um, is is just to do that and just go ahead and put it out there. What's what's to be afraid of? But mm -hmm. I, I still have that kind of psychological component. Where I was like, I'm not quite ready to put that out there yet. Uh, I should re-record that one part, or I should just do it over again. Or you know what? I just need to do the whole thing better. I need better light. You know. Mm -hmm. so, I can so when always you're find a reason. So there's always that. When yeah. you're on stage and the and the perfect the song doesn't end up perfectly, what do you do? Do you start over? Oh well. <laughs> Um, no, I can't do that. You got obviously you got to plow, plow forward and, uh, we'll just, <laughs> the only the thing is, but for the most part, the, 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 the gig is in the ether, you know? So it's like, maybe people remembered a good show. Maybe they didn't, but when you record something and put the podcast out there, it's like, yep, it's out there for all eternity. <laughs> and that sucked and it still sucks. Um, but you know, it's, I, I, but again, I tend to be hard on myself. I'm still working through that. I'm, I'm, I'm better at it than I was a year ago. That's for mm -hmm. sure. Um, but I'm still kind of a work in progress and, and, and making some good headway, you know? So, um, you know, you raised some great points and, um, a lot of these things I would advise myself or a client to do. Um, but again, it comes down to, I, I have a, an easier time executing for others than I do for myself because, mm -hmm. you know, for all the reasons you can think of, and I'm sure you coach people on, on this all the time. So all the I'm time, like, totally <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, all the time, if it were um, easy, then I wouldn't have a job to fix. <laughs> right. I hear you, you know, but, so, but um, there are these so, beautiful you know, so, tools to edit and to make things not perfect, but better than, you know, just slapping it together because you know there is a professionalism that you want to maintain but you know i think play yeah. around play around with what your strength is and having conversations with people yeah i i, I i'm going to take your advice on that i appreciate it thanks coach you got it see <laughs> free of charge yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's well, see, it's funny me, I, 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 to, to your listeners i actually i I call, I call Lauren coach. Like when I address her, like on her website or like on her, on her Facebook and I'm like, thanks coach. Go get him coach. You know, so I like to do that. Cheering you on. I'm thanks. cheering on the coach. The coaches I, I, need I coaches too. I appreciate it. I, I appreciate your, your appreciation. It's really funny. The musicians that <laughs> I've had on this show without fail, it turns into some level of a coaching session. Like I'm like, what about this and this and this and this? And that's the most fun for me. Cause like, I just love playing with creative minds of like, how do we make this work? <laughs> I love manipulating minds. Influencing, <laughs> dear, influencing. <laughs> All for the good of the world. Coach. I got it. I got it. Well, this has I been 
This has been a great discussion and I can't wait to see what you start putting out content wise for your website. That's called planting the seed for coaching terms, by the way. Um, And look forward to seeing you at shows. So if people want to check out any of the things you have coming up, what websites should they check out? Well, I've got three. So you've got juniorbryce.com. So you spell it out, uh, junior and then Bryce, B-R-Y-C-E, like the mountain or the canyon. And then I've got jrbusa.com. That's for my more broad-based business consulting. And then myroyaltyguy.com for the royalty works. So you can check out any number of those. Or just Google me and you'll find this information, Junior Bryce. And, uh, and just look me up. And I'll be happy to provide whatever assistance I can. And as I said earlier in the podcast, don't let the fee be the reason you don't get the, the, the assistance that you need. Just go ahead and reach out to me and, uh, and, and I'll either help you or, or find someone who can. Awesome. Well, we'll have the links for you. <laughs> in the show notes. So if you need help with your royalties, your businesses, or you need an awesome band for your venue or event, then you will know where to go. And Junior, thanks so much for, for hanging out with me on the podcast. This has been fun. And I hope, uh, hope you enjoyed your time. I didn't bore you too much. I did. Thank you for having <laughs> me on here. I'm excited about this. Looking forward to hearing on, about it. And then uh, maybe uh, acting on some of these inputs. And then I'll follow up with you and say, hey, look, this is what I did in the meantime. And then it's, we can follow it's, up. It's interesting because people are like, are you going to do follow-up shows with our guests? So yes, if you have mm-hmm. been a previous show, I'm coming for you to find out what you've been up to. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Stay on my case. I'll make sure I, I make sure I live up to your expectations. <laughs> I will be all up in your case. <laughs> awesome. Junior, thanks, well, thanks so much. Coach. Awesome. And for all the Spitfires out there, keep being awesome. Thanks so much for checking out another awesome episode of the Spitfire Podcast. Go ahead and check out spitfirepodcast.com. Follow us, like us, share us, review us, rate us. We love you. Stay tuned for another episode next week. We come out every Monday morning. Check you later. Later.